Thank you for listening to the program. Chapter 17 of Revelation. Last program was about the wrath of God being filled up with the seven vials or bowls of wrath poured out upon the earth. And it ends with the greatest earthquake ever has been since man had been on the earth or since or before or whatever. And it shakes even the mountains down. And then the greatest uh, hailstones ever fall upon mankind as he's already devastated. But here in 17, it's, it's like in the previous chapters where I believe he showed John, like in chapter 12, uh, here is what the dragon is. It's Satan. And here how, is how evil he is in that the dragon waited for the child, which was Christ, to be born of the woman, which is Israel, and then ready to devour him as soon as he was born. Of course, he was caught up to God and is still there. And But this picks up here at the tribulation, or more or less at in the judgments of God, the tribulation, as it were, is the persecution of the saints. But the plagues of the uh, judgment of God, the seventh seal, is what we've been looking at. And the seventh trumpet was the end of that with the seven vials. So I believe here again he goes back, obviously back into, uh, as it were, history, I guess. Or he, he explains and shows to John something. I think there again, Why? that what evil is, and this is a picture of it, if there ever was, there came to me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me. I believe in heaven it was a reality to him that was going on. Then he was shown a vision that obviously was not reality in and of itself, but represented uh, symbolically even, but and, and factually, what would happen in the future, which still has not happened, but for John, it was uh, obviously 2,000 years at least in the future. But but I think he really, he, uh, as it were, wakes up from seeing the seventh vial poured out and what happens to the earth. And then uh, there came one of the seven angels, talked with me and said, come here and I'll show you the judgment of the great prostitute that sets upon many waters and the judgment is what we've just looked at the judgment of babylon the great city of the antichrist which is empowered by the dragon which is satan and the great prostitute sits upon many waters and you remember the beast came up out of the sea and the waters are the people and uh, so anyway, the kings of the earth have committed fornication with the great prostitute, and that is Babylon. And it, it's explained here in a minute how that exactly is. The kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit to the wilderness, into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. So here the beast is seen as actually the dragon, 
and the woman was clothed in purple and scarlet color, decked with gold and precious stones, pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was written Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints, blood of the martyrs, of Jesus. When I saw her, I wondered with great admiration, uh, well, a- admiration, but the word means I just, I was shocked. I mean, I wondered with a great wonder is, is what it means. And the angel said to me, why do you therefore marvel? What, what's the, why are you shocked at this? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and ten horns. The beast which you saw was, is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, going to perdition. They that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was, and is not, and yet is. That's referring to the Antichrist actually coming back from the dead, being slain, his deadly wound was healed, and I believe at that moment Satan is cast out of heaven, having three and a half years, he says, knows his time is short, and he, as it were, goes right in to the Antichrist, brings or, or the beast, the Antichrist, and brings him forth back to life, and the beast that was, is not, and yet is. So he goes on to describe the city of and the beast and the kingdom and the ten horns or ten kings, and they give their power to the beast, and they have one mind, one strength, and they will make war with the lamb, and the lamb will overcome him, for he is the Lord of lords, king of kings. And he said to me, the waters which you saw where the horse sets are peoples, multitude, nations, tongues. The ten horns are the, the, are the kings. But here's where it's said and described that the, the kings of the earth, these shall hate the prostitute, the whore, the city of Babylon, which is another way of saying that Antichrist himself and make her desolate naked, and shall eat her flesh, burn her with fire. For God has put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree and give their kingdom to the beast until that is fulfilled. And the woman you saw is that great city, Babylon, which reigns over the kings of the earth. So here is, I want to bring this out and compare it to, because it obviously is the implication here, is Christ is going to return uh, shortly and establish his kingdom, his city, the city of Jerusalem over the earth. Here, the Antichrist, Satan himself, comes and inhabits the Antichrist and establishes his city, Babylon, and his kingdom over the earth and the people. His kingdom lasts three and a half years. The Lord's last 1,000 years. And the armies and kings of the earth, you saw in the sixth vial, the river Euphrates dried up. They come across and they all are actually gathered together in the, the valley of Megiddo there for the great battle of the Lord. But they come together actually to take out the Antichrist if they can because they know they've been had 
They know that. And, and we saw that in the sixth, uh, I think, trumpet there where the, or before that, when the, the earthquake happened and the first one and was mild compared to this last one but it said they the common people anyway i guess even though they had taken the mark they run to the rocks and cry out fall on us because the wrath of god and the lamb or christ has come and who can stand they know it's him they know he's there but they've taken the mark so they are without redemption and they'll make war against Christ when he returns. So they come in against the Antichrist to take him out. And they're all gathered there ready to go. And then the Lord returns. So then they unite, even though they're enemies of each other, they unite against a greater enemy, which is Christ. And you have to bear in mind, this is a supernatural, big time supernatural time. And and these kings have spirits indwelling them, and the Antichrist and Satan uh, indwelling him, and they have powers, it says, to do many miracles and call down fire from heaven. <clears throat> and so what happens is, <clears throat> I'm sorry, what happens is they come to that point to do that, and then the Lord returns, and there is no real battle. In the plague described in the Old Testament, he just strikes them with it, the words of his mouth, the sword, and their flesh is consumed and their blood runs out of there like a river and it's over. And the birds come in and finish it out by eating the flesh of the horses and and the mighty men, so-called, of the armies. Now, the people of the earth, I think, are sold out, They but, but they can see they've been had, and so do the hardened uh, kings and armies of the earth, but... They are hardcore, and they don't repent, and they won't. And I believe in their insanity. They come together to try to take out the Antichrist and then take over and rule the world. But they'll shape the world's end. I don't know what they think is going to happen. But anyway, that's what they do. I, I guess that's a suicidal thing, that if we don't do one last thing, we're going to take him out because he has ruined the whole people of the earth, the whole human race, as it were, because we've been tricked as to, to following Satan. So I want to make that comparison is that with the Lord, he comes and brings peace to the earth and establishes his city of Jerusalem and rules over his people. And then at the very end of it, though, it says they come up against him when Satan's loosed out of the pit. They come up against him and to uh, take the city. And all they do is accomplish is to get set up around him. And then fire comes down and devours them. Here, the Antichrist, Satan indwelling him, <clears throat> has set up his kingdom on the earth. And it's for three and a half years. And it's not a kingdom of peace by any means, maybe for a few months. But then it goes bad in the horse, the red horse, and they begin to find themselves having to to kill and it and it brings blood upon the earth and things i begin i think then they begin to wonder well what is happening here uh this doesn't look too good and and uh, before too long they realize all of them all the peoples of the earth have they realize they've been sold out had and they did it they believed in their own way i mean they I don't know. It, it it would just be a a really 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 hard thing to accept. And these hardened core men and armies and kings, especially on, under the delusion, it says Satan even sends out spirits to them to uh, 
to um, con them or fool them into thinking that they can have the power that all of them together could come and supernaturally take out the Antichrist. Because anybody would say, well, y'all can go there to fight against him and he'll call down fire from heaven and consume all of you. And I don't know. They think, well, no, we have enough supernatural power together. We can... uh, call our own fire down or something. I don't know what happens there. But but in the end of the Lord's kingdom, that's what happens. He calls fire down from heaven and consumes all his enemies. Here he returns and consumes them. It says his eyes are like fire. He consumes them uh, with that fire. The Old Testament, one of my favorite verses said, when he returns, he will ride through that valley and slay them with the words of his mouth. So the sword that comes out of his mouth. So this picture here, John, I, you maybe wonder. I, I did. I thought the angel said, "Why do you marvel? What? What? Why are you awestruck?" And uh, John says, "When I saw her, I wondered with great, uh, well, it's admiration. He wouldn't have admired her, but with great, just kind of like he, over here in twelve, he said, a great wonder. I saw this beautiful woman.'" Uh, with clothed with the sun and the moon and stars around her and that represents not the kingdom of Christ but well the foreshadowing of it and and but this here he sees uh, probably a beautiful prostitute decked out to no end and and he knows that she is Babylon. So you say, well, how could Babylon, the city, be uh, responsible and be seen as the great prostitute when the city is not a person? Now, the scarlet-colored beast is a person, the Antichrist, inhabited by the personification of evil, and that's Satan himself. So the woman was arrayed in purple, scarlet color, decked with gold, precious stones. And so over here in the next chapter, you see a description of Babylon that it has been destroyed. And really, these two chapters go together. And the 18 is the Babylon is fallen, it's destroyed, and, and, and the plagues have come upon her in one day, one hour, and the kings of the earth have lived deliciously with her, and it's all at the cost of spilling the blood, drinking the blood, as it were, of the martyrs of Christ. It's a horrible picture, but it's, it's there, that's what John is seeing, that's what he's being shown and so they stand afar off the kings of the earth and say, Alas, the great city Babylon, for in one hour your judgment has, has come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her because no man buys their merchandise anymore. Now here is where, and this is, oh, I don't know, could be offensive to some, but not, I don't know, shouldn't be because really here, the, the way that he controls the world is to give them what they want. He changes times and laws and seasons and produces miracles and fire from heaven. So they believe him to be God because that's what they want. Christ came and did far more than the, the Antichrist does as far as miracles and proof. But they didn't want him. Why? If he had said, oh, we'll change law, no commandments no more, we'll do what's, whatever you think, immorality, there's no such thing anymore. And that's what really happens with, with that time there. And they would have said, great. But no, 
his words and his message was not that. It was the love of God and repent and give up evil and, and all these things. So they get what they want here. And I don't know, just for what it's worth, you see that happening today. We do what we say and we'll give you what you want. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. It's nothing new. But here, what does he give them? The city and what is it? It's gold, silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, wood, all powerful, hard, uh, exotic wood, all manner, manner of uh, vessels of ivory, um, vessels of the most precious wood, brass, iron, marble. And here's the food thing, cinnamon, odors, ointments, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat. And then here's the animals, beasts and sheep and horses and chariots. And here's a frightening thing, and slaves and souls of men. And the fruits of the Babylon of the soul lusted after the, the souls. And it's all gone. All those things that were dainty and goodly are departed and found no more. And the merchants that were made rich by these things stood afar off weeping saying, Alas, that great city clothed in fine purple and decked with gold, for in one hour riches have come to zero, nothing, naught. And all of them uh, cried when they saw the smoke of the great city burning. So men have sold out to the Antichrist in every given way, but he's given them everything they want. I think it'd be almost like they're saying today, uh, nobody has to work. We'll give you everything. And you don't have to work, do anything. And man, who could turn that down? Everybody, this is great. No immorality, really? Yeah, yeah, nothing. Nothing, just uh, worship me, take the mark, and we're good. And so they do. But Babylon is the represents the idea of man is a creature and he is a soul but his soul is and his life is experienced at the depth of the vanity of it completely materialistic completely taken over by these things that that city represents so in the lord's kingdom though he obviously is in jerusalem the city and what's there well, I don't know. I don't think all these things are there. But food, shelter, and clothing will be given to the earth and the peoples of the earth. But you come to what's in Jerusalem, the Lord. What's in Babylon? Oh, anything you want, uh, you know. And with the Lord, what's there? It would be everything you need, and that's Him. Let's go to Jerusalem and see Him. Uh, here, it's, let's go to Babylon and get our fill of the prostitute and the things that we've sold our soul for. So it's, um, it's a real parallel here of that. It, it really is in, in a lot of ways. And I want to make one more point that's not given here, but I believe it's truly talked about in Scripture, like in James especially, where he says, because here... The, oh, I don't know, the people and everybody has, like it says, committed fornication with the Antichrist and materialism, sold out to the core and, uh, and against God to no end and kills the people of God. So now think about what James says. He said, if as believers were married to him, and the Lord said the kingdom is really in your heart, even though he will establish it on the earth someday, but the everlasting kingdom goes on after that into eternity. And he said, the kingdom of heaven really is in you. Where it is, it's him, the spirit of God, and he is in us. So James says, 
If you go against him and you begin to fight in envy and have strife and unforgiveness towards other believers, he said, you have a devilish nature. You have become an adulterer and an adulteress against God. And you hate each other, fight each other. He said, you become a murderer of your own uh, fellow believers. And and Paul said, uh, you fight again, but be careful you're not consumed of each other. And, and James lays it right out there, this same thing, that if you give yourself over to the soul nature and have hate, envy, and all this and that, you've become an adulterer, an adulteress, an enemy of God, and you fight against him and unknowingly and destroy each other. And he said, God will destroy you or that part of you that does that. He lives in us, and that's not going to be destroyed. That's what will come through the fire. But hopefully we'll have profit. And that is done one way, and that's to abide in his love and forgiveness, not in human love and forgiveness, which is not 100%, can't be. And never will work. It's always a fault. But with his love, if you plug into that and it can be done, he promised that. And like James says, if you want it with all your heart and believe, it will happen. Now, does it stay that way like Paul said? No, I'm not perfected in it, but that's how I live. And if it does happen, I get right on it like a fight and take the old nature right out. And by faith, I go back to a complete disconnect from unforgiveness towards anybody no bitterness no resentment and all that it's a uh, the most wonderful thing that i have ever experienced and it was a long time coming because i was so blind and hard-hearted as a believer so here though you see that and and that that i believe that but and there's one verse somewhere oh right here i heard another voice saying come out of her my people hey you be not partaker of her sins and receive not of her plagues for her sins have reached unto heaven so see that uh, james is i know he's warning against that that's in a symbolic way what we're doing when we uh we ride the old nature as it were and become part of that again and and it's all about me and my stuff and myself and all this and that and we fight and devour each other james says and what he said is do not blame god for it and i used to i did i hate to admit it but i did i thought well i've prayed about it and you won't do it so i don't know what to do uh well <laughs> just <laughs> that that's uh, so foolish but but uh, anyway, it's really James said, "What are you calling him a liar?" Yeah, that see, that's pretty rough. This is real rough, but this is a reality that will happen. The kingdom of the Antichrist of Satan himself, totally destroyed, and replaced by the kingdom of Christ, total love and joy and peace. And at the end of both of them, the the kingdom of the beast and all that totally destroyed at the end of the kingdom of Christ. The enemies come up against him and they're totally destroyed. So I don't know the uh, chapter 17 and 18 is uh, describing, I believe like John said, it was really something to see and it's complete opposite of what he saw with the woman clothed with the sun and the stars and moon, the 12 uh, the sons of the, the city of uh, the uh, nation of Israel. There's no doubt about it here. It's the nation of what? I don't know the Antichrist, I guess, and his people and all that. It's a co complete opposite uh, picture. But 
Revelation 19 is, to me, I guess, the greatest chapter, if there is such a thing in the Scripture, because it records the return of Christ himself, and he's ready to take care of business, and he does, like never before. Thank you for listening to the program.